Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 13, week 13, volume 13. We've made it to unlucky for some, but it is number 13. Lots in store, lots of ground to cover. We've got all the Mosh news, we've got Mosh reviews, and we sit down for a chat with Sonny of POD. All of that coming up in the show. So let's kick things off with the Mosh news. Big news this week was Berry Tomorrow have announced their fifth album will be titled Black Flame. And to coincide with the announcement, they also released the title track in a music video. And fuck yes. Berry Tomorrow, uh, one of those bands that I don't think and can't understand why the Australian scene or the Australian heavy fans haven't quite grasped yet. It is metalcore, but it's metalcore with so much passion, so much feeling, so much riffage. They are a band in England that are so big, they're on a scale of what Parkway are here, over there. I had the chance to see them when I was over there last year, saw them play what they called like a stage invasion set, so they played smaller clubs, and they played with another band from England who's massive over there and gaining so much support, but isn't here which is called Loathe, Barry Tomorrow just have this thing. They have this intangible element to them. This album, Black Flame, will be next level from these guys. I'm expecting a lot out of this album. This song, Black Flame, the music video, fuck yes. So catchy. It's got everything you expect from that metalcore sound that they deliver. You know, it's got the big riffage going on. It's got the soaring cleans. It's got the aggressive growls. And then that guitar solo that comes in in the last part of that song starts out just shredding. And then that shredding leads you to headbanging along. Fucking immense. Australia needs to wake up and start getting behind this band because this kind of band should be big here. But this band also should be having an effect on our scene. And instead, I have a feeling in Australia, we're just getting behind a lot of these bands that aren't of quality like The Plot In You and that. Where our scene seems to really be struggling, when you see the English scene seems to be flourishing. It's really quite polarising. I hope Australia wakes up because we're in a very low point, not only with tours, but also with up-and-coming bands, with styles, And then you look over in England and it's just flourishing. There's so many different styles of bands just pushing forward, pushing music forward. Over here, I feel we're getting very stagnant. But that was a bit of a tangent. Got a little bit lost there. But Berry Tomorrow, new album, Black Flame, out in July. All the details about that new Berry Tomorrow album and the music video are on our website. They're also on our social medias. Other news this week was Ghost have announced their new album, Prequel will be coming out in June and they gave us the first music video from the album called Rats and to being honest I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Ghost they've been a band that I've heard here and there but I've never actually said fuck yes I love it I've put them on the phone quite a bit trying to get into it and it always kind of not quite did it for me but this new song Rats really got into it there's there's something about that riff that they're using and then the, that chorus is just catchy as fuck it got really into my head and I just can't stop listening to that song that new album as I said is called prequel I'm really excited to see what this sounds like maybe this is the album 
that will get someone like myself into Ghost because they've always been a little bit too rocky, a bit too old school for my liking. And now I feel maybe they're going to draw me in. All of those details for the album prequel and that music video are on our website and on our socials. We also had this week a new music video from Kublai Khan for their song True Fear. Fucking vicious breakdown, beatdown fucking music from those guys. Make sure you check out that music video. It's on our website and socials. There was also a Miss May I music video for their song Under Fire. It's a bit of a touring video, a bit of a behind the scenes video. That's on our website and socials. Glassjaw. The fucking mammoth post-hardcore boys themselves also this week released their first music video in over 15 years. Fucking that long. It has been ages since Glassjaw not only did music but did a music video. That and all the details are on our website and social also. And the other bit of interesting news this week was Comeback Kid have announced they're doing a two-track single that's going to be released digitally but also as a 7-inch and it will feature a cover of Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil and also another song called Little Soldier. Both songs were recorded during the recording session of their last album, Outsider. All of that will be released in May. Can't wait to hear what that sounds like. Massive fan of Comeback Kid, so any new Comeback Kid is always a bonus. Uh, There's something undescribable about what Comeback Kid do. It's hardcore, but it's so punky. There's the middle finger up, but then there's the headbang moment. So really interested to see what a cover of Midnight Oil will sound like done by Comeback Kid. It has also been announced that when they do tour here in May that that 7-inch will be available at Australian shows. So if you go into one of those shows with Comeback Kid and Silverstein, make sure you get your little fucking fat fingers onto one of those vinyls. That is definitely a collector's item. All of that information is on our website and socials. And that is pretty much all our Mosh news done for this week. As always, make sure you're checking out the website, www.themoshzone.com. Make sure you're checking out our social medias, which are all at The Mosh Zone, and we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you're liking and following and subscribing to all of those, because then you can keep up to date when we update you. It's now time for Mosh Reviews. First up this week is the new album by Caliban called Elements, out now on Century Media Records. Elements is Caliban's 11th album. They have been doing this for quite some time now. Caliban are definitely one of those bands in the metalcore genre who have always been at the top of their game, who've always incorporated every style you can think of. They're not just bringing in the hardcore elements, they're bringing in the death metal elements, the groove and the thrash and the melodic. They've brought it all to the table quite frequently over 11 albums now. Coming into this, Caliban are definitely demonstrating that they're a band that aren't going to rest on their laurels. They're definitely a band that are still pushing their way through the genre and still looking to evolve and keep things interesting, not only for themselves, but for the listener. 
this album element still has a way of keeping all the vicious and anger and ferocity that they are known for, but also combining a new sense of melody and experimentation that has rarely been heard before by Caliban. The album kicks things off in a very typical Caliban manner with the opening track, This Is War. And as soon as this song kicks into your headphones, you know that this is still Caliban that we all know and love. There's an onslaught. It's a landscape of aggression. It pulverizes you from the offset. It does start off a little bit quiet, but when that guitar riff and that single piano key is playing, it just ramps into a devil pace, bone-rattling guitars, big bass, chaotic blast beats, and it's got a back-breaking, head-banging pace, and it's got a healthy balance of melody also thrown in there that is catchy. You don't think it's catchy at first, but it is catchy once you really get into the second or third chorus. The breakdown in this song is typical Caliban that we love. It's ferocious, it's rhythmic. You've got Andy screaming violence, resistance at you, and you can't resist the need to mosh. I mean, if you're in a fucking car or a living room when this is going off, you just want to punch something, you want to throw something, you just want things to fucking move. And that is what Caliban do well. One thing they did with this being the opening song is they've made a perfect choice. This is the perfect way to get your adrenaline pumping from the offset. Well-picked opening song because it kind of sets the tone for the whole album and just gets you ready to roll. One thing that Caliban have always been known for is for all the heaviness going on, there's always the ability to have the melody inside it. Something that metalcore fans either love or hate. It is what metalcore does. There's always the heavy, but there's always the soft. And Caliban certainly know how to do it well. They execute it superbly. The cleans and the melodics don't feel forced. They don't feel over-polished. It feels like it's been there the whole time and feels like it suits the moment just right. Perfect case for this is the song Before Later Becomes Never. It starts off... With Andy screaming and howling at you, wake me up. He keeps fucking inviting you to fucking pay attention. And then as soon as you do, there is massive drumming that sets the pace. There's uncontrolled guitar and bass. The song is a wonderful introduction to hearing the progression of where this band are going on this album. The breakdown at the end is pure rage and ballistic as fuck. CJ from Thy Art is in that breakdown moment in that last third of, and he just makes this song massive. On an interesting side note, Caliban's last album, Gravity, was one where fans were started to be introduced to a more experimental side that Caliban had in their locker. There's certain attributes that they've been adding to their repertoire and They hadn't really been there previously, but on Gravity, their last album, they started bringing them in. And now on Elements, they're really bringing in these new attributes. And it's it's a welcome change for a band that in 11 albums into their career could become stagnant. 
they don't want to reproduce the same thing over and over. They don't want to have the same album over and over. They have a fear of themselves getting bored, but they also have a fear of you getting bored. Attention to detail is big on this album. Elements really wants you to know that there is everything here and the band can do everything here. Songs like Carry On show this perfectly. It is a big, big risk for Caliban to do a song like Carry On. It's very diverse. It's very soft. And Andy is conveying his lyrics in a very spoken word, almost rappy way. There's a very soft drum play in the background. There's singular guitar notes going on. The choruses are much heavier than the verses, but it's not as crunching as everything else on the album. And this is a good thing. I mean, this song feels like something a lot of other bands do. It's a perfect pace relax. As the album's just kind of going in the same tone, the same ferocity, the same quickness, you suddenly slow things down, get everyone a breather, and then keep things going on. And Carry On perfectly does it. Big risk because it could have failed. It could have really fallen flat. But the thing about Carry On is it ends up being one of the bright notes on the album because you haven't heard Caliban do this before. The other thing is, since you haven't heard it before, I don't think it also would have fit on any other Caliban album. I think Elements is the perfect time for this band to incorporate a song like Carry On. Perfectly suited to it. If it had been thrown on another album, it would have been a miss. Thrown on this album, it feels like a hit. For all the experimentation and the softer sides that Caliban have tried on this album, they're still at their core, metalcore. They're still, at their finest, a metalcore band. From beginning to end, the album definitely doesn't lack any heaviness. And that is definitely not only in the instrumentation and musicianship, but it's also in the vocals and the emotion that's conveyed through all cleans and all screams. If you really want to know which song on the album perfectly resembles what Caliban are, it's definitely the song Masquerade. It starts off with a very eerie, haunting, choir-like singing and samples, and then it kicks straight into high gear with a big, glorious, monstrous feel, and it carries the track perfectly. The song's unrelenting, never once gives you a chance to slow down. It's just full force. The other thing about this song that's really interesting is Brian Head Welch of Corn fame lends his voice to this song and it's really quite blood curdling the screams he puts in there it's very interesting and it feels like a treat hearing that is just unique as fuck and he has an ability to make this song also feel a bit heavier than it probably actually is. There is some misses along the way. Sometimes some of the songs start to blend into each other, but that is really trying to pick at a negative because we always say that you have to applaud bands for trying to push the envelope and push themselves further and further, but then you also have that downside of sometimes it just doesn't work and then you wonder why they try to experiment at all. So staying on the same path for years and years can be stagnant but a band like Caliban have never been stagnant they always seem to experiment and whether that is in the music or it's in the lyrics they have always made sure they're not a one-trick pony Caliban have always endeavored 
to be something different, not only within the heavy game, but within the metalcore overarching genre. And with this album, Elements, they have thankfully shown that there is going to be some big things ahead for this band. The next couple of albums will get even more intriguing. They have taken notes from their past albums and they've taken a natural progression from each to the next. Gravity was a big push. Elements is an even bigger push. Once again, they have taken risks and this new approach to their sound has paid off. There is some low spots, but it has paid off. On the album, it feels like there is not only a sense of aggression, but there's a sense of melody, which is what you need in this game. This album will be very interesting to see how it's taken by a fan base. I think this album will excite listeners not only of Metalcore, but also fans of Caliban. It's a very exciting time for this band. It's 11 albums into their career, and they're still doing things. They're still pushing things. This is for fans of Caliban. This is for fans of Metalcore. This is for fans of the Beauty and the Beast, who like the screams but like the cleans. It's for fans of... Bury Tomorrow, Kill Switch Engage, Heaven Shall Burn, Still Remains, Miss May I. The album we are talking about is Elements. It is by Caliban. It is out now on Century Media Records. And we give it an 8 out of 10. Next album up for review is the new album by Palm Reader called Braille. Out now on Silent Cult Records. Palm Reader are another one of these British bands that are coming out with massive releases, massive potential, and a way of showing us that no matter what style you do, there is so much potential if you give it all. Palm Reader are a band who, simply put it, is passionate, melodic, hardcore. This is what melodic, hardcore should feel like and should sound like. Also, Palm Reader should be bigger than they are. Despite their very dedicated, passionate approach at making music that's got massive grooves and impactful riffs, they've got the ability to also put in so much passion, so much emotion, which can sometimes feel forced, but with Palm Reader it doesn't feel forced. This album is their third album, and... The popularity this band will gain in England will be huge and the popularity they will gain overseas is where the test will be. I think this band need to be known. I think this band need to be recognised and with this third album, they should get that recognition. Braille is dripping with raw emotion, raw power without sounding angsty or cringeworthy that it can sometimes come across as. Lyrically, the album is delivered in a very touching, emotive manner, as I've said. A lot of the lyrics are about losing touch with people, the world, and your inner self. Songs such as Inerta, The Turn, and Dorothy have the ability to feature minimal moments of gentle melodies and grasping clean choruses that create a sense of space amongst the otherwise chaotic, oppressive a noise of hardcore. It allows these songs to accentuate each one and each moment above the other. 
As touching as Braille is in these tender, melodic moments, it's also absolutely full force pummeling in others. Palm Reader have very adrenaline-driven drums and very frenzied chainsaw guitars that collide together and give this massive mosh pit fantastic moments in each song. The screaming that goes on goes from dry and furious to the clean singing that comes across very genuine, as I said. Josh, the vocalist, his vocals frequently appear to dictate the intensity that each song needs. When it needs to be in your face, he gives that delivery. When it needs to be withdrawn and light and soft and emotional, he gives that ability as well. Songs like Internal Winter is massive on this album. That is one of the big highlights for me. It features big blows, massive breakdowns, and there is a big sense of you know what's going on here. The swelling melody, the rising sung chorus, moments like these. Every member of this band is aligned on the same mission and sounds perfectly suited and all the pieces fall into place. And it's a massive moment on this album. Palm Reader have the ability to display why they're going to be huge on songs like Internal Winter. If you have to go a negative in any shape or form is that sometimes melodic hardcore cliches are played on this album. But the thing about Palm Reader is they don't make these moments feel like you've heard them before. They are moments that are familiar, but Palm Reader have so much talent and so much musicianship that these moments you forget that you might have heard these before. They still feel good. The tried and tested moments still have their own flavour with Palm Reader. And that's a big tip of the cap that you have to give these guys. These moments that they tread in familiar waters, they still handle with their own ability. A big thing about Braille, this album might not immediately be accessible to a lot of people that aren't into melodic hardcore, but the people that are into melodic hardcore will gravitate to this really quickly. There is so much talent in this band and so much talent in every song of this album that you can't help but feel like there's not enough in here in one listen to really gauge what's going on. There are so many riffs, so many melodies, so much room in each song that there's so much excitement and interest. The biggest thing about this is they are unknown and underground and they need to be big. This album continues Palm Reader's ability to transition into the next step, a next moment, the next upscale for each album they've done. They have outdone themselves on this album, but the best thing is the trajectory of Palm Reader is undoubtedly on the upscale. Palm Reader, as I said earlier, need the respect, need the time given to them, and need to be gaining some respect accolades for this album this is for fans of melodic hardcore this is for fans of passion this is for fans of emotion this is for fans of brutality but beautiful at the same time this is for fans of bands like no bragging rights hundredth comeback kid palm reader are definitely a band to take note of and get behind now
the album we are talking about is Braille by Palm Reader. It is out now on Silent Cult Records, and we do give it an 8 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new album by Bleed From Within called Era, out now on Century Media Records. Bleed From Within have yet to really reach the pinnacle of their success that they deserve. After some issues and speed bumps in their progression, they took a five-year hiatus or a five-year disappearing act, as you might want to say it, after their last album in 2013 called Uprising. Uprising was an absolute fucking banger of a fucking album. I really recommend everyone getting into not only Bleed From Within, but getting into their entire discography. Uprising was a massive favorite of mine at the time and still is to this day. It's always been on my phone and hasn't left it. That brings us to 2018 and a new record called Era. And it's interesting when people say what to Bleed From Within sound like, they sound like a bastard son of Pantera, Lamb of God and Machine Head just in a fucking whirlwind of chaos. This album I have been highly waiting for and highly excited for and when you come into an album like this there's that worry of will it live up to your expectations or will it fail on your expectations one of the best things about era is it's absolutely smashed all my expectations out of the park i have a feeling this album could be my best album of 2018 so far this album has absolutely smashed it out of the park the album opens with a song called clarity and it has an absolute ferocious barrage of metalcore guitar riffage paired with heavy vocals in the verses and cleans in the choruses. This approach might sound like you've heard it before, but Bleed From Within are able to make it sound fresh and take advantage of this sound and hone it in a unique manner. There is a groove about this band, there is a swagger about this band that you do not hear in metalcore or groove metal. Crown of Misery is one of those songs that is layered with so much thrash influence that it doesn't come across fake. It is brutally violent and Scott Kennedy, the vocalist, comes out with such a barrage. He is on top form on Crown of Misery. There's other songs like Cast Down, which has a lot, a bit more of a mellow approach, but it's still full throttle going for your neck. It wants your fucking life. One of the singles off the album, Afterlife, is a perfect encapsulation of what this album is all about. There is massive percussion. The lead instrumentation with the guitars paves a way for the vocals to take over and take rain. But as the song goes, it still feels like it's going at a reckless pace. The breakdown is refreshing. It doesn't feel like a typical breakdown. It feels exactly pinpointed with perfection. When there is some songs that have clean vocals like Shiver, the clean vocals feel like they've been put in sparingly to just give the right effect when needed. The thing about this kind of genre of metalcore or groove metal is when the melodies are thrown in by some bands, they feel oversaturated, overused. The thing that Bleed From Within do is they put it in sparingly, as I said, and it works to perfection. 
Songs like Shiver show this. There is a massive rhythm in this song that builds up. When the cleans come in, it just makes it sound like a weapon of destruction, a massive arsenal in this band's musical landscape. One of the big highlights for me on this album is a song called Bed of Snakes. It is not a soft song. This comes straight out of the gates from the very beginning. Massive guitar work, amazing, amazing rhythm section, and the whole composition speeds hurtling towards you, and it gets a feeling almost like the band are playing too fast for themselves, but they're still able to keep it going. It sounds very tight, and it sounds very collectively aggressive. If you get the special edition of ERA, it comes with 13 songs. And being honest, when I went into the first few listens, I was worried that 13 songs might feel a bit too much, a bit too bloated. But in actual fact, it did not feel that way at all. There's no break. There's no filler track. There's none of this, yeah, that'll do, we'll throw that on. There is nothing but destruction, ferocity, an absolute barrage of riffs, massive choruses, amazing musicianship. This band, Bleed From Within, have done amazing work with this album. The album has a whiplash, headbanging feel from the offset, and it absolutely doesn't let go. Everything about this album is an excellent achievement. Bleed From Within have delivered a piece of modern metal if you want to call it metalcore, mastery. It's an album that should not only propel this band into a large scale, but this band should now be appearing in everyone's iTunes, everyone's Spotify. You need to be supporting Bleed From Within. This band will become massive. They'll also be getting some bigger support slots, hopefully, and hopefully also we'll see them come to Australia finally. They've been an active band for a long time. I've been a avid supporter of this band for a long time and hopefully I get to see them on Aussie soil soon. The band have no gimmicks. There is just substance and pure aggression. This band have a now or never approach. Deliver so much passion, so much power. The album keeps you coming back for more and more and more. The musicianship, as I've mentioned a few times, is stunning and nothing about it is disappointing. The vocal delivery is next level and some of the screams you're just absolutely in awe of and it sends chills down your spine. Everything this band has going for it now should make them a massive name in the game. I'm a bit worried that with some albums coming out later in the year people will forget or might pass over this album but I really say to anyone that is a fan of metal groove metal, metalcore, get this into you. I am without a doubt certain that this will definitely appear in my top few at the end of year list. This album is amazing. I cannot emphasize it enough. I know I've said it a few times. This is for fans of massive, massive riffage, massive groove, massive breakdowns. This is for fans of Lamb of God, Pantera, Machine Head, Devil Driver. This is for fans of the future of Metalcore. This album I am talking about is Era. 
by Bleed From Within. It is out now on Century Media Records, and this is the first album that we have scored this year that we give a 10 out of fucking 10. Amazing work, lads. Fucking phenomenal. That is all our Mosh reviews done for this week. Some absolute belters this week. One of the few weeks we've had where all the albums have been really impressive and the first time we've had a 10 out of 10 and that is amazing to finally have a 10 out of 10 album on the show what did you think of the reviews this week do you agree with our reviews do you disagree with our reviews get in touch let us know also is there something we haven't reviewed yet that came out that we might have missed let us know also of course as we say if you're in a band and you have an album or an EP out or coming out and you'd like it reviewed, get in touch. The ways to get in touch with The Mosh Zone are through email, themoshzone at gmail.com. You can get in touch through our social medias, which are all at The Mosh Zone. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, we do have our website as well, www.themoshzone.com. Coming up now, I got the chance to sit down with Sonny of POD ahead of their Australian tour. It was a great chance to speak to a man who's very passionate about his music and very passionate about his faith. It was great to get the chance to sit down with Sonny. Really appreciative of the man for taking time out for the show. That chat with Sonny of POD is coming up now. Hey, what's up, Jim? Not much, man. First off, much love and respect. Absolutely love you guys and kind of fan- oh, thank you, man. Kind of fanboying out that um I get to speak to you. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh it's a it's amazing. Um, massive opportunity for me and the show. So thank you so much, dude. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. So, what age and how did you discover music? Like of in any style of music, what brought you to um, music in itself? Well, I mean, I, you know, I was born into a young family, rock and roll family. They were always listening to music. So, you know, it's a no brainer to just be a fan of music. Um, and, and, and honestly, to be completely honest, it wasn't like I ever dreamed of or said that I was going to do this. You know, it just kind of fell in my lap, having fun with my friends, um, you know, and believing we had something to say. Uh, but you know, when I was 19, it was just, you know, a change in my life. And, you know, my buddies played in a band, they asked me to make some noise with them. And I thought it was so off the wall that, you know, it's totally out of my character to do, but I took a chance and did it not thinking we'd ever leave San Diego, you know? Well, why, why a vocalist? Was it something you'd always, or I think technically at the start, you called yourself an MC. So what what may, what about that did you want to do? Was it you wanted to be able to spread a message or was it just you just naturally fell into that position? Uh, well, yeah, I was I was rapping with my friends for fun. Never thought it was anything serious. You know, I've tried every other instrument, never really took to it. Um, but, you know, when I, like I said, when I was 19, my mother had passed away. I was going through some life changes, you know, found my faith and just kind of wanted to, scream, you know, tell the world about it. And then when I got offered the opportunity to be in a band with my cousin and, my, you know, some of my best friends, it was like, why not? Just take a risk. Let's, let's do it. 
you know, so I had only planned on screaming and rapping to some stuff. And so through the process, I've learned, you know, a little bit to try, try and stretch myself, sing a little bit, try different things. And it's really just become something I've done out of, out of the love. And how did that, how did the POD style come about? Was it that you all came from different, um, you know, favorites of music? Because you can't pinpoint the sound and you never have been able to pinpoint the sound. Was it just naturally came about or did everyone say, okay, I want to influence a bit of reggae, I want to do a bit of rap, I want a bit of metal? Or how did it come about? <laughs> I, I think we just couldn't choose, man. I think we love, <laughs> you know, from reggae music to hip hop to metal. We love it all. And then being from San Diego, such a diverse, you know, uh, community, it was, uh, let's just play what sounds good. And if we can blend it and it sounds natural, let's do it. Nothing was contrived, you know, it wasn't forced. It was just something we all love. And then, you know, Trey, our bass player, being more of a funk jazz bass player, he adds his element to it, you know. And it was just, you know, me, I like to rap. I like, it's just adding our different styles to it. It just came out to POD. And the first two things, well, the first two kind of albums you guys did, Snuff the Punk and then Brown, um, how was it at the time in the band? Did you feel like you were making a difference? Did you feel like you were making a noise for yourself? I, I think for me, uh, for me, honestly, it was more about, you know, saying what I wanted to say, you know, and as a band, we were kind of universal in the things that we believed and things we did want to say. Um, and I, I think what's cool about it is that, you know, I, I, I wasn't like this metal guy, you know what I mean? Or I wasn't this certain thing. It was just like, let's just layer stuff on top of it. You know, obviously I like the hardcore sound. I like, you know, I'm a punk kid. I like all these things, but I can only do what I do. You know, I wasn't trying to be like somebody else or imitating someone else. And the guys could only play, you know, at the time, we were 19 years old. You know, you only have so many years of skills, but it's like it just happened to blend. And and we've been learning ever since, you know, 26 years later, we're still learning. And the first major label release was Fundamental Elements of Southtown. What an album. That is epic. Now... At the time, that mm. that album made you a household name. Like I, I think Satellite made you a bigger name, but um, I feel like yes. I feel like you became a, a a serious heavy music household name through Fundamentals, and you got a lot of attention. You know, you're on movie soundtracks. <clears throat> the album went platinum, yeah. radio play. Did you feel like? we've got a career now where the POD can be a serious thing. For sure. I mean, with fundamental, that was just, that was more just an album here in the States, you know? And I think once it did so well, it caught the attention of our label. And so when satellite came out, you know, we never had a single, we never even had, we never really even had a single in the States for fundamental. It was just because, you know, MTV, you know, we were loved by MTV. They loved our video. They loved the, the look, the feel. And then it was because we sold a million records here in the States that now our label was like, aha, you know, let's make some money. <laughs> so they're like, let's push their single. So they pushed their single, you know, world worldwide, which was, which was unheard of for us, you know? So we, we seized the opportunity. We were grateful to, to be able to have a, a machine like Atlantic records behind us. But even then, I think they still did the bare minimum. 
you know, it was more like if something happens with these guys, something happens. And then you mentioned Satellite. Um, that album just, wow. I mean, you're touring Australia off it, as we know. Um, but that album, how did it feel at the time? Because it was, saying it was big, I think, is an understatement. I mean, you guys had a few songs off there, three in particular, that are still to this day, um, anyone from that was around that time knows those songs, knows P.O.D. because of those songs. How did it feel at the time? I mean, we were just, man, we were just working, you know? We were playing show after show, and the first opportunity we had, I remember doing a promo for Satellite in Australia, and it was like, we're going to Australia? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then even by the time, by the time we got there, they had already given us like a gold record, you know, we never even been there. So that's, <laughs> that's what was crazy. But I think for us, you know, luckily for us, we were just, we were just that we loved and meant something, but they, you know, now you have so many one hit wonders that don't mean anything for us. It, those songs were really pretty anthemic, you know? And I think so one of the, we, I think one of the things about POD that stood out for me and brought me in was, um, the positive message that you always give off in the lyrics, and I know a lot of that is your faith. Yes. I know a lot of that is your faith, um, which I love that you are willing to put yourself out there. But do do you ever feel nervous about expressing your faith through the music? Do you ever worry that people are going to judge you badly for it? Well, I mean, I knew, we knew that going into, you know, just music in general that, hey, but, but we were more of the idea of that, hey, all the bands that we love and respect all have something to say. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not caring what the world thinks. They're just saying it. But if anything, I think the most disappointing part for us is, you know, being of Christian faith was how much, how much negativity and, and, and slack we would get from, from Christians in general. You know, I, I think that the world was easy because they just cared of how good of a band you were. You know, if our music was good, and we always knew that our music competed. You know, I mean, we of course we get people that would think like, "Oh, they're just some Christian band," you know. But but the music was undeniable. Mm. So that's what I knew. We can win people over by the music. We might not win them over by the content, but we can win them over by the music. On the flip side, within the Christian world, it was like we were never Christian enough because we were already battling all the, 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 the do's and the don'ts, you know? So, if anything, we had more tension from the, the Christian scene um, that just didn't understand what we were doing, and they were living in a box, you know? And But we never marketed our faith. We never said, hey, we're stuck in this, you know, Christian world. We're just, we're just playing music for anyone and anybody who would listen. But we were still going to say what, what, what was on our heart to say. And that that that's that is very obviously would have been very difficult for you guys that of all the people that were judging you unfortunately were um, fellow Christians because I do know that when you released your self titled album it was even uh, apparently there was controversy about your artwork at the time it was apparently you guys had done an occult uh, symbol and it wasn't but I think yeah 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 it was how you guys were being yeah. portrayed. Yeah. Yeah, we've always battled. I mean, fundamental. They said the same thing about fundamental, you know. So, the satellite was a little bit more boy bandish look, you know. So they didn't think say anything. And then you do payable on death. It looks more 
like symbol you know, there's symbols and stuff and so immediately they just want to assume the worst you know and uh but again that's just coming from a judgmental community you know not all people are like that but again uh we can only do what we do now one of the songs i want to go back to on satellite about because unfortunately now i think it's still relevant and it was a very powerful song at the time and still is now is youth of a nation originally that was written about columbine wasn't it well just touring the states when columbine happened you know we had actually um did a community show out there so we always had this kind of and you know we were always connected to some way into that into that just in that world and then when we were actually recording for satellite we were we were two blocks away from the Santee shooting with us here in San Diego so by the time you know we saw the, the news the cop cars we saw the fire engines all this stuff it just kind of set the tone of how we were feeling and we were writing at the time and that's just what was on our heart and mind at the time and that song unfortunately still needed nowadays Yeah, it, it still it still means still means the same today. Asking the same questions, you know, whether it's gun control, whether it's just what's going on with our kids, it's still as relevant today as it was 15 years ago. And that's got to be. I think that's upsetting, isn't it? That you think that what that was 2001. You think 17 years? No, no, sorry. Yeah, 17 years later, you think that maybe we would have learned from our mistakes and moved on. Yeah, but uh, I mean, how many other times have you addressed so many, so many issues like this? And you know, it, it resonates for a season, it resonates for a moment. So who's willing to do anything about it? You know, and, and that's in our hopes again that it's this is for us. It's more than just a song. It's more than just music. Um, but we're still here doing it. We're still saying the same thing. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, we we do believe it means just as much today. Now. Going to just quickly touch on the album Testify, around that period, you guys, I'd love to know how it came about, but you guys became the theme song for Ray Mysterio. How did that come about? Well, he's, he's actually a friend of ours. We went to the same school. You know, he was, he was pursuing his wrestling career. We were pursuing music. Um, and so we've always been friends, you know, and then when the time came... I think uh, WWE at that time who wanted to do a rock and roll kind of wrestling, you know, collab, and we were his first choice, you know. Wow. So we jumped at the opportunity. He already had he already had a song that existed, but we just took it and we we rocked it out. And uh, oh yeah, we, you know, our music is always aligned well with with those worlds, you know. And uh, I just saw I just saw Ray right around Christmas time. Oh, sick! Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm yeah, a, I'm a big Ray he's, fan. He's awesome. <laughs> now, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> now, when you guys made "When Angels and Serpents Dance," um, Marcos came back, and you also left Atlantic Records at the time. How was that period in the band? Was it a challenging period? You know, new labels, and Marcos has come back after a bit of time out, or was it a refreshing period for the band? It was, I mean, but I, I think it wasn't really even about music. I think we were just more excited to, you know, get to be with Marcos again and, and, and start off where our friendship 
had left, you know, this business kind of, it, it eats up relationships, you know, and, and we were learning so much and so many ups and downs. And at the time, even with Atlantic, you know, it's like we fought to get off Atlantic because they weren't doing anything for us anymore. They, you know, they took the money and ran, so to speak, yeah. you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't like they were supporting us in a way that was going to push the message or even push, push the music. So, um, we were trying to move on. And then when Marcos, we started our friendship back up, it wasn't even, had nothing to do with music. Uh, but as time would go, you know, we would just, that's what we wanted to do, continue with each other as friends and, you know, brothers and make music. So we just, you know, we, <laughs> we roll with it. And then, and then after that album, you guys took, it was about five or six years you took, took off. Was it, was it just time to look after life for a while and look after family? Most definitely, man. You know, like I said, we do one thing at a, one day at a time. And at that time there was some other, you know, here we were, it was a beautiful thing that we were, you know, mending our relationship with Marcos, but then there was other things going on in the band that was happening at the time, you know, so that would take a turn of events, you know, and it would, you know, it would, uh, put a strain on things, you know? So it's like people forget, you know, some, some bands continue to go and make music even when they hate each other. We've never been that band. You know, we're, we're just trying to get through life. <laughs> you know, we're, we're just four guys from the neighborhood. You know, this is, this rock and roll business is, is, is huge, but we you know we're not trying to lose ourselves in the process either. You know, for me, I'm a husband, I'm a daddy first, you know, I, I just feel blessed to be able to make music, but you know, in that time it was like, man, we got to go and, we got to go and make sure, you know, we're, we're good. You know, like I don't want to continue with the business of, of music when we're losing ourselves in the process. And during that time away, you, um, and I think you still do it now from Craig, you did the whosoevers with, um, head and guys from Flyleaf. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, when I do out, outreach and I do community work, man, that's to me, that's, that brings me so much joy. You know, that it's just something that I need that just personally to be connected with, you know, to stay grounded. And is it, is it, so how do you guys do that? Do you go to schools and do talks or do you just kind of organize events? What do you guys do with that? We, we've, we've done it all from events to, you know, rehabs and we still just speak at certain places. Now when everybody's, when everybody's busy, we, um, you know, we can only get together when our, our schedules allow, you know, so we, we try our best, but if anything, it just started as us as friends, you know, keeping each other accountable, looking out for one another, trying to stay grounded, you know, in our faith at, at the same time being in a, in a, in an industry that, you know, isn't, doesn't really favor our faith, you know, <laughs> mm. which I've got to ask you, how do you, how do you find the rock industry? Do you think some people do just judge you off your beliefs and don't, take time to listen to the music or do you think it's always just been kind of an even playing ground of course i'll go to this of course i think we've always been handicapped because that's you know this is an industry that's known for that you know but again i think the music is undeniable so it speaks for itself but you know we've always whether it's a music magazine or somebody, you know, they always want to point out that that's a Christian band. It's almost like it's code for don't listen to these guys. Which you is know? weird. When, <laughs> and when we, we've always just tried to do, we just want to make music. Everybody has something to say. Why are you so offended by what I have to say? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's ever been a, a for 
for people I know, like myself, it's never been a thing. It was, it was more of could people get into the sound? It was never about the message. Um, I, I love the yeah. sound straight off. Yeah. I love the fact that you can get Ooh. everything in one song um, and it's unique. Yeah, I, I wish it was always um, that was the case, you know, and for some people it is because I can listen to music all the time. It doesn't mean I agree with what you're saying, but I can really appreciate the, the art and the music. So it just depends on the person. I think when it comes to, you know, quote unquote religious, you know, uh, um, views and stuff, people are just a little bit more standoff or a little bit more, you know, but yeah, they just stand off. But now, Last two albums were Murdered Love and The Awakening, and it feels like you guys are coming back to your, you know, old school roots in the sound. And then you dropped, you dropped, mm-hmm. the, you dropped the single last year, Soundboy Killer. Are we going to have new music soon? Is there possibly new music on the horizon? Yeah, for sure. We're we're actually uh, writing and recording right now in between shows, Ooh. and uh, yeah, we're hoping for a, for a late summer release, if not in the year. Nice. And will Soundboy Killer make the album, or is that going to not make the album? We'll see. I mean, it's definitely a, a favorite of ours, and it definitely has that old school feel to it. You know, when you hear it, you know that that's Pod. No one else can do that. Yeah, you know, so it's just one of them staple songs. I believe deserves to make the record, but you know, we'll see when we finish writing and uh, what, what's on the table. Now, the Australian tour that's coming up is a satellite anniversary tour, so obviously we're going to get songs from Satellite. But are we going to be treated to any other songs, possibly? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll run from the album front to back, um, just for old time memory's sake, and then. Uh, we'll wing it from there. We'll, we'll play the songs we think most people love, and you know we'll even take requests. <laughs> Are you going to play Southtown? Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one of the songs we all love. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's my favorite. So, <laughs> got to hear that oh, one. Oh, awesome! Awesome, man. Um, now, Good. I just want to ask one last question before I wrap things up, and that is. Um, where do you see the music industry from when you started out in the early 90s and it was all about CDs and, you know, record labels to now when it's all about streaming and online business? Where do you see things now? Do you th- see things are going in a good direction or do you think we've gone backwards a bit? Well, I, I think it's... I think it's great for, for new bands, and I think it's great for people independently-minded that want to get their stuff out. It's a beautiful thing. You know, but at the same time, we need to get paid for this. You know, we, as artists, and even established artists, we have to work harder and tour harder now than ever before just because no one buys records. And if they're going to stream, I just, I mean, I really do hope that they figure out a way to pay the artists because before you know, you can be like, hey, this, why does this band make music anymore? It's like, oh, because they had, they all had to go home and find, you know, jobs. Yeah. They, they're, 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 okay. The jobs that, that we were, you know, I mean, we're working hard, but now we're not getting paid for it. So it makes no sense. So there's goods and bads. I just hope that they find out some way to pay these artists for what they do. Yeah. No, that's well put. Now, last thing I do is a segment called Pick Your Poison, and it's like a would you rather. So I give you two options. 
and you pick your mm-hmm. favourite of the two options. So we start off with pizza okay. or burger. What was the first one? Pizza or burger. Oh, pizza. Uh, a good burger. <laughs> so then the next one is chicken or beef. Uh, six months ago, I would have said beef, but I haven't had beef since, so I'm going to say chicken. Oh, wow. Why did you stop having beef? I just did the veggie thing for a little while, but I didn't really feel like it was fitting me, so I you know, went back to fish and chicken. Okay, so the next one is salmon or tuna? Tuna. Oh, nice. Cat or dog? Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Cinema or on the couch? Ooh. These days on the couch. Nice. Um, Terminator or Predator? Terminator. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. And the last one, touring or recording? Ooh, touring. I like touring, man. Recording is always a little stressful at times. Nice. Now... Thank you, Sonny, so much for taking time out of your busy day, dude. Really, really appreciate it. Great chat. Great to just, you know, get the chance awesome. to to discuss things with you. It was it was amazing. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. And um looking forward to the, the Aussie tour, which isn't far away now. No, not far at all. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll I'll see you in Brisbane. Okay, brother. Sounds good. Come on, say hello. I will. Thank you, man. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you, brother. So that was my chat with Sonny of POD. Big thanks. Big shout out. Lots of love and respect for the man for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. Great opportunity to get a little bit more insight about the man, his passion, and all that the band have done. POD are now touring Australia, doing a celebrational tour of their album, Satellite. Make sure you get along, get some tickets. They are touring as we speak. And that is episode 13 of The Mosh Zone, done and dusted, wrapped up, sealed, delivered. I hope you enjoyed the show. I really fucking enjoyed the show this week. Great show. More coming up, as always. Another great show next week. We're keeping the ball rolling. We're not slowing down. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We'd love some more feedback. As we always say, get in touch. Email, website, social medias. Also, we'd love some help getting more listeners to the show. That's where you come in. We need your help with sharing our podcast whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, please share the podcast on your social medias. Please let your friends know about the podcast. Help us spread the word about the Mosh Zone. Help us grow the Mosh Zone community. We need your help to help us grow. I know it doesn't sound like much, but anything as simple as sharing, spreading the word, letting your friends know, it all is invaluable to us. It is all invaluable to us growing and getting bigger opportunities, 
bigger shows, bigger guests, and it also will open the doors to us having more episodes, more special episodes. We've got a lot of ideas in the can, ready to go. We just need to grow this listener base. And there's only so much we can do on our own. We need some help along the way. So please just take a minute out of your day. Help us out. Spread the page. Share the page. Share the podcast. Whatever you got to do, please help us. And we'll forever be thankful. And we do see it all. Anyone that helps and shares, we do see it all. We do notice it. And we are very, 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 very fucking grateful to you guys that do regularly share things and help us out. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you had a great time listening. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pit.